We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Vin, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Oh, good morning, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So writing this book had to be uh, something that was probably a little bit difficult for you because it seems like you've gotten to a, a really good place in your life, but you had to live through some of the the darker moments. Take us through what it was like having to pour out some of those darker moments into the book. Oh, yeah, you're you're exactly right. It was difficult, um, you know, going back and revisiting all of the uh, the moments and the times that were obviously some very dark, dark um, times in my life. Uh, but but the encouraging part in in doing it for me was to know that if I write this and I kind of pour out my story, it'll give me the opportunity to help someone else who may be struggling with addiction, or um, I can pull somebody from the darkness of addiction and alcoholism. So that was the the kind of the the light at the end of the, the tunnel for me is to uh, be able to know how to help someone out. Now, Van, you were a hell of a basketball player coming out of college. That's why you were drafted as high as you, you were. Now, once you got to the NBA, what led to the alcoholism? Was it a fear of being successful? Was it a fear of failing? Was it a fear of living up to expectations? Because sometimes we can be in a place where we have dreamt of being, and, and yet we, we question whether or not we should be there at that, pl- at that time and, and, and place. Is that what took place with you? Well, I think for me, coming uh, from a small town in a, in a small school, University of Hartford, I always had this chip on my shoulder to prove to people, you know, what I that I belonged. And uh, I always had that chip in the NBA and in college. And believe it or not, kind of the opposite, you know, I was four-time All-Star in five years. And I felt like in some ways I had really arrived and – you know, that's what kind of, it took the chip off of my shoulder to prove. And then, of course, the the professional lifestyle of, you know, women, parties, and all those things overcame my drive. It overcame the chip that I previously had to try to get to the NBA and prove that I belong. So that that's what happened to me is that I got there, four-time All-Star Olympic gold medalist. I had my own Jordan sneaker and you know, the next thing I know, I don't feel like I have that much to prove. Um, and, and I think that's where the a part of the reason, ironically, my success, the downward, downward spiral began to happen. When we hear these stories of redemption and a fall and working back up to a better place, uh, sometimes you hear the term rock bottom. Do you Did you have a, a rock bottom moment, and, and, and what was that? I, I don't think it, I can place it on, you know, just one moment. There's so many different things I can point to as saying this is rock bottom from foreclosures on my house to, you know, it's well documented, you know, going from 100 million to zero. Uh, but I, I don't think those necessarily the materialistic things or necessarily, there's necessarily one moment. I, I think it was a culmination of the things and, and to get me into a place where I needed help. 
um, you know, and, you know, the rock bottom could, could be anything. I think a lot of people will look at he worked at Starbucks. But to be honest with you, Starbucks was kind of a, on the upswing for me. Um, I got myself sober and, and put myself in a position where I could walk into a nine to five. And in recovery, that's a huge come up. You know, in the in the basketball and the NBA world, in the sports world, it's like, oh, boy, he's falling all the way down to Starbucks. But for recovery people, uh, for people in recovery, it was, wow, he's functional to go and get a job, and, and especially a job of, of making customized coffee every morning. So um, it was a lot of things that went into, you know, this rock bottom. It wasn't one particular juncture. I'm just happy that I, I understood and recognized that I had come to my end as far as the alcohol was concerned, and I was able to, you know, turn it around, walk into a facility, and now I'm six and a half years sober. Sweet. Congrats on that. Thank you. I've got a, a, a good buddy who always says, you have nothing in your pocket, put your pride in your pocket. And it, it, yeah. it seems that you did that. And how did you come to terms with oh, being this well, uh, you know, this, this highly sought out athlete who made a ton of money and, and yet you're standing there at a Starbucks, you know, making me a latte uh, mm-hmm. and your pride had to have taken a hit, but I guess at that point where you were in life, it was do or die. Yeah, and that's exactly it. You, you couldn't have said it any better. It, you know, it was the pride had to be put on the back burner, the ego, the four-time all-star. Everything had to be put on the back burner. I was at a place, more importantly, where I needed to provide for my family. That's what I'm most proud of. A lot of people stay in that space. Now, I'm not going to any Starbucks. Or I'm not working for any well, for me. It was necessary, and I, I'm thankful and grateful that I was able to tuck my past, you know, the tough times, even the great times, tuck my past and, and, and put my, my, my work belt on and go in and, and, and say, you know, I got to provide for my family. So it was a do-or-die situation for me. It wasn't necessarily an option. Like, I didn't sit around and say, was it going to be Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or Burke? It was, I obviously had a, a, a relationship with, with Howard Schultz from playing for him in Seattle, I think that's kind of missed in the story. That it, you know, wasn't just chance that I went to Starbucks. I had a relationship, a, a really good friendship with Howard Schultz, and that was kind of the beginning of our business relationship with him outside of the Sonics. G. Owen Jones of Vin Baker, former NBA All Star and author now of God and Starbucks: An NBA Superstar's Journey Through Addiction and Recovery. <clears throat> Excuse me, addiction and recovery. Uh, I know how my brain works, and I tend to mentally beat myself up when I do mm-hmm. things that I don't like. And I look back, and I'll have regrets, and why did I do that? And then I'll have this uh, wasted time for an hour maybe out of a day uh, looking mm-hmm. back and beating myself up. Uh, have you gotten to a point in your life where you no longer do that, or do you still look back and have a lot of regrets? Yeah, no, I <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I've totally stopped regretting and stopped beating myself up and stopped, you know, throwing pity parties a long, long time ago. Uh, in my recovery, there's just no room for it. If you're always going to look back and say, what if, if I say, what if I had kept through this or did that, there's some things in my past that might pop up that I don't want, um, to recover. And maybe in, you know, having money, at that level is a trigger. You know, my recovery is first. You have to put, no matter whether it's business, money, family, recovery has to be put first. So if I start regretting 
uh, the career I could have had, the money I could have made, the money I could have saved, you know, then I'm not looking at today and saying, well, wait a minute, my son's going to BC, Boston College, have a beautiful wife, I'm in the ministry. So a lot of those things had to happen, if not all of them had to happen to put me in a space that I'm in today. Um, and so there's, there can be no regrets. There are no regrets. Um, because more, and the most important thing is I'm sober today. You know, I have a beautiful, sober life. And um, that's the most important thing. At some point, you have to live a purpose-driven life. It has to go beyond money. I, I'm not sitting here today at 45 saying, I wish I had been in the NBA. I wish I had made a lot of money. I did all those things. And so now for me, it's about my kids. It's about my wife. It's about my ministry. And just as important, it's about telling people how to helping people get sober when they do hit that uh, rock bottom in their lives. If there's a person that's been there that's trying to lift them up back on track because you can get back on track you you mentioned your your current family where was your family when you were experiencing and and putting yourself through all these travails well they they were there but i was pushing them out um you know when you have the type of money uh that i had in in the career that i had you always place your you tend to place yourself above the fray above the family above the friends uh above the addiction and so my family was there, um, but you have to understand that at that time also, when you're making that kind of money, you're also the provider. Um, and t- typically people don't like to push back against the provider. And <clears throat> so unfortunately I put my family and my friends, uh, my wife in a place where it was tough to say something, um, you know, just worried about the repercussions or what might happen um, not to me, but to the relationship. So it was a tough spot for them. It was a tough spot for me, but I'm grateful and thankful today that I've made amends with my mother and my father and my wife and my kids. And, you know, we put all that stuff behind us uh, and we just take it a day at a time now. You mentioned how you are six years sober and doing a lot of research on these things and talking to people who've gone through it. Uh, generally, it takes a couple of times, maybe uh, into a rehab program two or three times before it finally sticks. There may be a relapse or two in there. Um, mm-hmm. Do you live in fear of potential relapse? Is that is that something that you, you think about even to this day? Well, I don't, I don't live in fear of it, but I have a healthy fear of relapse. I'm not so sober that I don't take, you know, my daily, understand daily that I have to walk through steps in my life spiritually um, to have a good day. It's a day at a time. But I, I can honestly say this, not in six and a half years have I said I'm going to get a drink. And that, it hasn't been so strong on my mind. Not to say that can't happen, but in six and a half years, I've never walked into a pack store, walked into a bar, walked out and said, wow, that was a close one. So I'm taking the steps, you know, spiritually each day um, and by my ministry uh, with my family and friends and, um, you know, doing everything I need to do a day at a time, even with the six and a half years, that's just the athlete in me saying I'm six and a half years in the O right now, but I take it one day at a time. It's like one fight at a time, one day at a time. So I have a healthy fear of of alcoholism and addiction, but I also know um, that if you do the right things and take the proper steps, you can have a healthy life and recovery. And that's, that's what I've been able to do thus far, and that's what I expect to do going forward. You were a tremendous basketball player. The game was good to you. Are you still drawn to it? To the game of basketball? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, I love watching the game. I've, I've actually worked 
uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks this past year doing uh, pre and post game TV. Um, I've done work with the with the uh, New York Knicks. I also did an apprenticeship job, an assistant coaching job last year with the Texas Legends. So I love the game of basketball and love being around it. Even the style of basketball, which is obviously much different than the 90s, I love watching it today. We have some amazing stars in Durant, LeBron, Curry, etc. So I, I enjoy being around the game, and I'm just grateful that I saved my life um, to continue enjoying it and, and, and certainly enjoy my own son's game. So I'm, I'm watching and 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 I'm a fan still of the NBA. Well, next time you do one of those Bucks games, you tell my buddy Greg Foster to sit down because he can't coach. <laughs> that, that's my big brother. But that's my big brother. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to tell him where it came from. I'm not gonna be able to say it. You tell him BJ from my UCLA days. I, I would. I would definitely tell Big Big G what you said. Hey Vin, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Best of luck with the book. Your story is truly inspiring. Great story, man. We hope Thank that you. we can talk to you again down the road. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.